Good morning! I guess it's kind of like almost afternoon, <laughs> right? I'm so glad to be here. Uh, yeah, a little bit of change in time. Got a little people worried that they were missing our live, but hopefully some of them can still hop on. I know it's a little bit later, but so... Today we have um, my cute friend Taylor that will be joining us here in just a little bit. So I'll have to watch for when she hops on. I'm getting all these notifications. <laughs> so I have to swipe them off so I can see what's going on. I feel like it's a little bit darker in here today. So hopefully it's not too dark. I even turned my light on and things and opened my windows because that feels so much better. <clears throat> Wondering how you guys are all doing. Hopefully things are going well. Hello, Mom. Oh, it looks like Taylor just hopped on. See if this is going to work. <laughs> it's always the anticipation. this button okay hopefully this works so thank you for bearing with yeah. me oh, you're great thanks for joining us yes. how are you i'm doing well how are you good i'm really good it's been like nice to have school start so we can kind of get in the routine again you yeah. know so yeah okay for those of you who will be hopping on this is taylor fairchild i met her when we both joined i think we joined not too far mm -hmm. after each other um, a group called Anya, and if you are interested in checking the group out, it's like a mental health and awareness group that is awesome, full of wonderful ladies, and um, we just connect, but they're connecting over on Facebook now, so you can look them up there. Anya stands for A New You Again, and it's put together by Aubrey Grossin. So that's where I came in contact with Taylor, and we were part of a group together, so that's just a little bit of background of where we know each other and it's been so fun to get to know people from all over that are um, needing the same motivation and insight and things like that so Taylor why don't you introduce yourself now and then we'll go from there okay well like you said I'm Taylor Fairchild um, I am the creator of imperfect life coaching and I I don't know. I, I'm terrible at introducing myself because my brain goes in like so many million different directions. But um, to kind of sum up, I guess, like where I came from um, is I, I became a coach because of coaching. Like breathwork saved my life. The breathwork that I did inside of the coaching um, that I did with my personal coach. Um, 
who I am now versus who I was even like two years ago is drastically differently because of the things that um, I now teach as well. And I've like really honed in on my skills and my gifts. And I just, my, my goal in life is to spread hope and to um, anyone who's feeling like alone out there or, or like really struggling with anxiety, with depression, with loss, with not just a grief loss of a, of a loved one, but like a loss of maybe a part of you or um, you're like in a in between season of your life. Like my goal is to spread hope that keep going, like just get to that other side because there is so much light. There is so much love. Um, and it all starts from within. It all starts from within. Um, I don't know what else you want to know about. <laughs> So tell us about your family, where you're okay. from. Okay, okay, thank you. So <laughs> I'm from I'm, Oregon. I'm like that too. I just, I'm like, who, who wants to know about I know. <laughs> it's kind of surreal still. Um, I'm from Oregon. I live in a tiny little coastal town. I'm really close to the Redwoods. Uh, it's like seriously a slice of heaven. Like it is, in my opinion, the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, but I have two little girls. Um, I have an almost four-year-old and a year and a half. Um, they they are my why. Them and my husband. Um, my husband and I, we met in dental hygiene school. And um, I like to say that our chemistry started in chemistry, but he corrects me and says it actually started in anatomy, but tomato yeah. Um But those, <laughs> those three... Um, those three humans are my why. That's why I keep going. That's why I continue to heal myself and better myself and um, do what I do because I'm trying to learn the tools that I didn't have to be able to teach my girls um, so that they don't have to like learn them later on in their life like I did. Like it's just kind of like embedded in them and they have so much self-love and self-respect and really like can lean on that inner voice of their own. Um, and my husband, oh my gosh, I feel on, I like, it's, it's funny because the other day I was thinking, I'm like, I actually don't really post that much about my husband, but it's almost like he's such a sacred soul that it's like, I have no words. And when I do have words, it's almost like I could go on too long about him, but he's my anchor and like my cheerleader. And, um, I'm where I'm at today because of him. Like he has been that hand that has like pulled me through and he has been that voice. It's like, you keep going. Like he actually wrote me this little sticky note the other day and it says, you only fell if you stop, don't stop. Like he's always there. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm in Oregon. I have three little girls. I have a really big black lab. Like I'm pretty sure she's a great name, but they said she's a purebred. So just go ahead. <laughs> So a very big lab. Cute. Yeah, like when she stands <laughs> up on her back legs, like we're looking eye to eye. Like she's massive. Oh, that is so interesting. Thank you so much. Can you ask, actually touch on a little bit like behind your name of Imperfect Coaching? Because I just love it. Yeah. Okay. So again, my husband. <laughs> so um, when I finally got the courage to be like, I'm going for this. Like I know my my purpose is to be a coach and to like, teach others um I then was getting hung up on like what do I call myself like what would my name be and um I'm a very like I really like to read between the lines and I really like when there's kind of like some creativity in there like 
it kind of lights my soul on fire to like really make my brain work. Um, and he came home from a run one morning and he was like, okay, hear me out. I think I have a name that you would really like. And he's like, it's imperfect because it's up to you to find the perfect in yourself. And like, I can't remember the exact way he explained it. So then I'm like, what if I capitalize the I and the M? Because a lot of the women, when they start um, coaching with me, like at the beginning, they read it as imperfect life coaching. And by the end, they read right between the line, like they see that silver lining of I'm perfect. And so then I've rolled that into my group coaching as well, imperfectly rooted. Like when you first start, you feel like you're imperfectly rooted. And then by the end, you see that silver lining, that just like tiny little perspective change of I'm perfectly rooted. So that's why. And again, like all props go to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because it's so true. Okay. So you have a story to tell us about an experience in your life. So I'm going to let you take it away from here. And I just can't wait to learn from you. So thanks for joining us. Okay. All right. So um, thank you for having me. Seriously, like I said, it feels so surreal when people like ask me to come and join things. I'm like, wait, you want to hear what I have to say? You want to hear my story? Like it's still kind of crazy, but that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And you know, that's how I was always motivated is by others and their truth and their rawness. So um, that's what I always strive to, to be like as well. So um, my story, I always say that like it began around 2019 um but like the the more i get into uh, my healing journey the more um parts of myself i learn about it actually started like way longer like way before that time but the bulk of my um anxiety and depression started um in it was around like i can't remember the exact year because like it's still a little foggy but it's around like 2018 Um, my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer and like, he was so active. He was just, um, like his diet was terrible. He ate Twinkies a lot. (laughs) So like there were things he could have changed, but like overall he was a very active person. He, um, was just such this like bright light and just not my life, but everyone around him. Like he touched souls of anyone who, who, um, had the privilege of meeting him. And so to hear that this like, basically this like superhuman has cancer, it just like completely flipped my world on its on its head and um, really was like that shock wave that just kind of like, like put parts of me to sleep and woke other parts of me awake. Um, before he had his diagnosis, I was always so scared to be a mom. And so I just like, I don't even, I think I was like 13 or 14. I decided like, I don't want to be a mom because I don't want to mess up. Like having a whole human's life in your hands is like too much pressure. Um, I, I wanted to be perfect and I just felt like I couldn't. Um, and so when he got his diagnosis, it just like I said, that part of me kind of went to sleep and the new drive and the new like hunger to be a mom and bring a baby to this world so that they could experience my dad. Um, that part of me woke up and it came alive with like a vengeance. I was like, oh man, I got to do this now. So um, my husband and I, we got pregnant and um, that was, um, like I said, the dates kind of like blur together. Um, Let's see, that was 2018. 
and December of 2018, we lost that baby. Um, I actually have right behind me. If you ever see like right behind me, this little box, it's actually the um, pregnancy stick and the first ultrasound that we had of the baby. Um, so that is where like anxiety kind of was introduced to my life. Um, because I just was so anxious about like my body, about the next step, about the next day. Um, depression kind of like started to seep in a little bit heavier because like I felt like my body failed and I was like, great, I already felt as a mom. Like I can't even bring a baby here. And I was already scared in the first place. Um, but I just, I kept like that hunger, it didn't settle down. And so um, we became pregnant with our rainbow baby and we had her in November of 2019. Um, that whole time being pregnant, I was flying from Oregon to Colorado to Utah, like all of the cancer treatments, all of the cancer surgeries, um, being told like my dad was cancer free two times, um, just constantly being like in his presence and with my family as much as I could. And um, all the while just having so much anxiety over this pregnancy of like every day I just remember like this voice just like screaming in my head like please don't take my baby please don't take my baby um, and just being so so like lost and just kind of like floating through the pregnancy just like with fingers crossed um, all the while my dad was fighting for his life so I, I just felt like I couldn't like burden my family with another thing of like I'm scared this is what I'm feeling you know these are the thoughts that are going through my head so I thought when I had my daughter um, that everything was going to be like just peachy and like everything was going to change life is going to be so much brighter so much happier and it was and that actually is kind of like what led to her name her name's Brighton um, but also Brighton Colorado so two two different reasons why um and it wasn't it was actually the exact opposite like my life got darker um postpartum depression postpartum anxiety hit me hard it hit me hard it knocked me off my feet I had no idea what I was dealing with I didn't know what was going on like I just remember so many days like my husband crying just being like where did you go like how what can I do how do I get you back like how can I help you and I just like I was so numb that like seeing this man just break down in tears, like I had no emotion. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I went. I don't know what to do because I hadn't prepared myself for it. Like I didn't even know that this beast was on the other side of birth. Mm -hmm. And I started reaching out a little bit, like never to the extent of I should have what I should have been saying um, to some of the women in my life. And a lot of them hadn't experienced it. So again, that thought of like, I already felt as a mom, my body has failed me, started coming back. Um, I had terrible intrusive thoughts of, you know, just like dropping my baby and things hurting her. Um, and they would just shake me to my core. And it was one friend, I, I like this friend just, she doesn't realize the impact that she had on my life. And like, seriously, that part of me, she saved because she admitted that she struggled with the same thing. And that is when I was like, I'm not alone. I didn't fail, you know, like, then I, my eyes became open that like, this is more common than I even know. Um, and again, I didn't bring it to my family because I didn't want to burden them while my dad was fighting for his life. Um, so I struggled, I struggled really hard, but I just kept trying. Um, this whole time I, I, like was in and out of church um 
I grew up LDS. I was, I was baptized at eight, you know, like I, I kind of just went through the motions. I did what I was supposed to do. Um, I, I could never really like, like I would just see people my age growing up and bearing their testimonies at church. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that. Like the only time I really felt that was when I was in nature, like girls camp, like old school girls camp, nothing like it is now. Like I'm here, there's like service and they're on their phones and they're not having to cook their own meals. I'm like, wait, what? You're not polar plunging? Like, what is this? Yeah. But that is what, like, I just always remember, like, that is where I had such a strong testimony and like could fill a spirit so strongly. Um, and I always kind of like, like strive for that, but I didn't really know how to like incorporate that back into my life. So um, with, with my dad going through what he was going through, like, I, I, I remember having moments of doubt. I remember having moments of being like, like, why, why would someone so mighty, like be taking someone so perfect from this earth? Like, why would you put him through this? So like, I had moments of question, but I never had moments of disbelief. Like I always believed it just, these hard events started leading to my strength of my belief. Um, so in 2021, um, my dad passed away and I completely went offline. I completely shut down. I went numb, more numb than I even was before. And so I kind of had like this unresolved postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression on top of now grief of not just like the loss of a person. It was like, my north star i mean you you grew up never thinking that your parents are gonna die right i mean you know eventually they will but with this newborn baby and like at such a young age like i never i never would have thought that that would be my life and i i the pain was so intense i just went offline like that was all i could do to protect myself and um protect the ones around me because it was like it grief like swallows you into this darkness that you don't even know exists. Um, and I remember um, my dad, he asked me to speak at his funeral. So before he passed away, like we had a lot of bed talks, like just him laying in bed, my sister and I laying in bed with him, just like talking. And um, it was, it was so spiritual. Um, just some of the things that he would talk about, like, the feelings that um, I gained, it, it reminded me of girls camp. That's why I brought that up earlier. Um, because I just remember being like filled with the spirit to a point of like, I couldn't deny it. Um, and the things like, those are some of my favorite memories, even though he was in like excruciating pain, even though it was like the last few days of his life. Um, but he would tell me, you know, like, um, just just like just like Boris testimony over and over again of you know like we're gonna be together again um they say you know like when i'm up there time goes by fast and i really hope that's true um and then <clears throat> sorry i would ask him you know like what's the first thing you're gonna do when you go to heaven and he's like i'm gonna run straight to my dad so just like the power of his faith even even in his like last days was just so powerful. And um, I remember him asking me to talk as general and I was like, what? <laughs> Ask anyone else, I don't wanna do this. And he's like, I know you can do it. So um, 
I was sitting on my sister's steps outside and I was writing what I was going to say. And I just remember having this like, kind of like fork in the road, just really come into my mind of, okay, I can, I can choose to like, lean on myself and go on this alone and be mad and like uh be angry at heavenly father and god or whatever's out there whatever's you know like on the other side the bigger picture or i can choose to be like my dad and walk in faith and um lean into that comfort that like i will see him again and um there's more like there's more after this life and um, I can choose hate or I can choose love. And so I, I just, I like, I don't know why it just kind of like came into my mind. So I remember um, closing my eyes and being like, I choose love. I choose blind faith. And um, I, I, I didn't really knew what that meant. But as events like unfolded throughout the next few years, um, I'm so glad that I chose that route. Um, but I did it in a way of never making anyone else feel like they, they needed to, you know, like choose the same as me in order to, to be loved by me or, um, in order to be taught the things that I want to teach and spread. And, um, I, it has really, it's really, really like, um, losing my dad like brought me closer to my heavenly father which is crazy to to even say out loud because i know a lot of people that's not the the story for them and that's okay but um i i talk about, about the testimony earlier because i never really had like a super strong one and i i i always thought like if i read my scriptures more you know like if i really paid attention in sacrament i would i would be able to gain it but I didn't realize it was real life experiences that made you choose that fork in the road. That's where your testimony was gained. That is where the strength of your belief was tested. And what you chose to do with that is what got you on the other side of um, just like your, your faith flourishing and blooming. Like I thought it just was something that was boring. As long as you were doing like these very um, known and like trusted things that is what it came from and um i really wish that you know i could tell little me <laughs> like that's not it it's going to be the really hard trying times is where it blooms it's where it's planted and that's where it's grown um and let's see i'm trying to get back on track now so um after my dad passed away it was about two months later of just like total blackout, just total numbness. Um, I found out that I was pregnant with my second daughter and I immediately knew like, this was not a body, this was not a safe body for a baby to grow in. Like a baby needed a warm, loving like vessel to be in. And so I reached out to my husband and really like told him the extent of everything that was going on. Like I, I had given up on life. I I just didn't see the point anymore. Um, and I just kind of leaned on like, I know, I know what's next, what's on the other side. And like, that seems a lot more better than what I am doing right now and what I'm feeling right now. Um, but I, I was like, I have this life and this baby and, you know, I need to fight for who's here and who's around me. 
So um, I had tried therapy and it really did like bring an awareness to me that I was lacking, um, but it just wasn't what I needed in the moment and that's okay. Um, and my life coach just kind of fell into my lap. Like I still don't even really remember how it all came together, but um, I started working with her and like immediately my husband was like, I mean, after the first session, he was like, something already has changed in you. Like I'm already seeing your light. And I was like, I feel different, but it's like almost cliche to say like that one hour changed my life, but it truly, truly did. And in that one hour, there was breath work. And there was, um, there was like this point of being able to really lean on my faith of like, my dad is still here. He's just not in that physical form. And like, I do have a heavenly father and I do have faith and love and like, combining it all with breath work it just i was like whoa this is nothing like i've experienced mm -hmm. um and that that is what led me to the road of now coaching um okay okay i just kind of went blank <laughs> sorry <laughs> my, like, my thoughts. um oh okay so um i really leaned on breath work like really really leaned on it and my postpartum experience with my second like sometimes i leave this out of my story because it just was so easy like it was just there was so much of a flow i like it almost like doesn't stand out on my mind but it actually is like huge um but like her birth everything it was so drastically different than with my first and i know it's because you know of the the inner healing that i had done and really training my body with breath work um postpartum is postpartum like it still has its rocky moments but i didn't have the anxiety i didn't have the depression um i didn't have the intrusive thoughts like i was so i was internally so much stronger that i was able to work through that and get through that so much um smoother so it like it really it really changed my life and and my motherhood and like how i how i was as a wife as well um, but I, I just keep going back to that fork in the road and it like how different my life would be now if I chose the other path, if I chose the other way. Um, and I'm just, I'm so thankful that I, I leaned into, to blind faith and I, um, I lean on my faith and my testimony so heavily. Now there's, there's things that, um, have come up recently that have strengthened it even more like big, big fears that I have always avoided. I've always just like really ran from like really facing them head on and having that, that, um, that choice that, you know, there's, there's strength in light, but there's also strength in darkness. And it's what you choose to give the strength to is what, what kind of like overtakes you. So I want to be overtaken by light and, and love and comfort. And, um, there's like one, event in particular that I'm thinking of that um, it really stood out to me because one, it made me face a fear of mine that was almost pretty debilitating. Um, but two, I, I did it through a friend who isn't religious. Like she, she doesn't practice and I learned so much from her and just like her own light, like help to strengthen my testimony and a God that I believe in. And I think it's so cool that like how polar opposite we are when it comes to religion and faith and that we came together and, you know, like it strengthened her in a way that it didn't strengthen me, but it strengthened me in a way that didn't strengthen her. But like, it was that fork that I chose. And so like, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just think it's really cool that, that there's like the people out there that don't have the same faith as me, that don't have the same religious practice as me. Like I still can learn so much from them and they can still strengthen my testimony and my faith in my heavenly father, um, without having to be and believe in the same way as I do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense coming out? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, I mean, that there's obviously a million more pieces to that puzzle, but um, that's kind of, you know, my story and how my Heavenly Father has been in and out of it. And um, I sometimes like to say that I'm in like a dating phase, like I'm still really figuring out our relationship. And I had to just kind of throw out how I thought it needed to be, what it needed to look like, how others' relationship with their Heavenly Father was. Um, because that influenced me in a way that wasn't healthy. And I was trying to like shove myself into this box that I felt like I needed to be in. And when I let that go, like my relationship just flourished, like new boundaries were set, new things were laid out and it's on a path that I know how to walk. Like I know how to walk that path. And when I come off, I know how to get myself back, but I was trying to walk on a path that wasn't my own. And so it was really hard for me to come back. Um, and he's met me there. Like he has met me where I'm at. And um, I think that's a, a really powerful, beautiful thing that I have experienced and learned along the way is when you start to love your heavenly father and lean on him in the way that works for you, that is where your faith can grow even stronger as well. I love that. I think our relationships, just like you said, are so different. Everyone's relationship with our Heavenly Father is so different. And I think when we realize that, it's so freeing. Like, mm -hmm. your relationship doesn't have to look like your neighbors, you know? So thanks for bringing that up. I love that. Quick question. If you could go back in time and tell yourself something, one thing that would help you get through or, you know, that hard time that would relate to someone else going through this now in the present what would you tell yourself or them oh man that's a big one um oh, oh what would i say i have like a million things i would say um i'm gonna go I, honestly i'm just gonna go back to my og quote like this quote has gotten me through so many hard times in my life i found it when i was in high school um and like i needed this permanent reminder on me that i i have it tattooed on my body because i'm like it just it needs to be embedded in me because it like has really pulled me through um and the quote is failure is not falling down it is remaining where you have fallen i love that so, you can't fail if you keep going like the only way to fail is to literally give up and do nothing and i found myself in those kind of split moments of failure when I was on, you know, like that ground, just being like, I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. But I got up and I, I kept going. So I look back and I'm like, that wasn't a fail moment. That was just a pause. Like I didn't fail. I just paused. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else you want to touch on? It was beautiful. I'm so grateful that you were willing to share. I'm like jotting <laughs> down all these notes, like, Ooh. Um, what do I want to share? I, I love is powerful. I mean, honestly, like, I know that's kind of such a 
overused thing, but like it really is powerful. And when you choose love, your life can change, not just love for others, but love for yourself, love for your heavenly father, love for your trials and your, your dark times. Like when you find love, that light grows and it grows brighter. Um, and like, just be kind, <laughs> be kind and, and spread, spread kindness and love because you never know who's life you're going to change just by being kind even in that one split second that one moment um i i have so many instances that i can think of that i'm like that person was just kind and they were they were so full of love and like that in itself ignited hope in me that like well clearly they did something to get to that point so i can too so that i mean that's my biggest message is just be kind choose love and really be conscious of that fork in the road because it's going to come up a lot. It's not just a one-time thing. I mean, that fork has come up over and over for me between now and 2021. And I always lean to the, to the way that I, I lean back then. And it like, every time it comes up, it's no longer this like, Oh gosh, what am I going to pick? It's like, I see it and I'm like, Oh, I read it. And we're going this way. Like, I just, you know, it's just, it's such a flow now. And um, like whatever, whatever stage you're in, when it comes to your healing journey, your faith journey, um, your self-love journey, like keep going. And the only way you can fail is if you just do nothing and give up. So like, even if it's just one little step at a time, but do it with love and kindness. I love that. I think that's one thing I, <laughs> I could see my kids saying, my mom always used to say, you know, like, can you just be kind? Like, mm -hmm. just be kind. Like, I think I say that regularly on a regular basis. It's a reminder. It's yeah. a really good reminder. And like, it's sad because I don't feel like this world is reminded of that a lot. And like the people that are a huge Im influence and like really impact your life, they're usually kind, right? Yep. So just be kind. And it, it, it takes the simplest thing. Like it could be a simple smile. It could be even just like, being in their presence and not like having to be overbearing or anything that can show kindness and love as well. So yeah, it's just, it, it really can change your, your direction and course of life. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where your business takes you. You guys look her up. Taylor's amazing. And I'm so grateful that she was willing. I've always, you guys have to know this. I will be so grateful all the time and I'll say it over and over and over again, but I want you guys to know, seriously, how grateful I am for you being willing and vulnerable and just being here and spreading light. So thank you so much again, Taylor. And hopefully I will talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Janica, for having me. I really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye.